This is part three of the Travel Nursing Pay Cap series. On the bill rate, I'm curious who decides the bill rate? Is it the staffing agency that says this is what we're charging you because of supply and demand? Is it the hospital that says we're going to, this is what our budget is, here's what we can afford. And if it's too low, they just won't get travelers. So they naturally will need to raise it. Like who's the ultimate person in control of saying, here's the bill rate? Is it the hospital or long-term care facility? Is it the staffing agency or is it the nurse? Who, who decides that number? That's a great question. The answer is yes, yes, and yes. Oh. Um, you know, it's, it's really a combination of everybody and it really depends on, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, what's going on in the world, mm -hmm. right? There's going to be a point where um, even now, like nurses are going, nurses are really driving the market and they're, they're really being able to set their own wages. And so the nurse is saying, and not quite this way, but the nurse is saying, look, I need to be paid this amount of money an hour or I'm not going to work. And the hospital is either the staffing firm is going to say, okay, you know, if we can get you that, we'll get you that. And the staffing firm then takes the, the, the price of the, the hospital or the, the long-term care facility. And it, if they can do it, they'll do it. If not, they won't. And if they yeah. don't do it, then the nurse is either going to have to come down on their price a little bit, or they're going to have to go somewhere else. Um, the, the staffing firm probably doesn't, you know, set as much as, you know, the staffing firm should be a partner for both sides. They should tell the nurse, you know, look, this is what we're seeing in, in Oakland, California right now. This is what the market is paying in Billings, Montana, you know, for your position. This is kind of what we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a little bit of an uptick of COVID there. So those rates are probably going to go up a little bit. Um, the problem is, and, and again, this ties back into the rate cap issue, is that that three-party negotiation that kind of goes on, if there's this artificial ceiling on what can be charged, it's going to push everything down to a point where you may either find the nurses don't want to work for it, or the staffing firms aren't going to place nurses there because they're going to lose money. Yeah. Uh, when they when they go through all the costs. Yeah. Uh, and that's the reason, quite frankly, why, you know, hospitals that are, uh, I you know, I think they're all, you know, smart people. And, and so that's one of the reasons why they push back on nurse caps, because they know that kind of constraint is going to put pressure on the system that could drive either the nurses or the staffing firms or both out of the market. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's an interesting scenario. You know, right now, there's there's no doubt about it. That the nurses are driving uh, the rates, that they are they are setting their wages, that they are getting them, uh, and and that the hospitals either have to be willing to pay for it or do without. Now, as the pandemic starts to let up, we've seen in the past 30, 45 days, these rates are kind of dropping a little bit. And so, you know, if you have a nurse now, and I'm just making this up here ridiculous, but if you have a nurse now that comes up and says, I want to be paid $1,300 an hour you know, you're probably going to get pushback and be like, you know, no, like, that's not going to happen. And yeah. then the nurse is going to have to come to a spot where everybody agrees. So right now yeah. it's still the nurses starting to tick down a little bit, but it'll probably be the nurses for, for the foreseeable future. Quite frankly. Yeah. And talking a little bit more about the future too. So obviously these 
letters are going out and stuff because the long-term care facilities or maybe a couple hospitals don't know how to manage the cost. So it's their way of maybe trying to figure out a solution. But if this isn't the solution, which, you know, you and I, and I think anyone in healthcare really does not like this solution, how are the hospitals going to keep managing these really high bill rates? or long-term care facilities? Like what's the long-term impact to the facilities on having such high bill rates to pay? Well, I think that I think the high bill rates will come down substantially mm. as, as we move out of this pandemic. Um, I think the only way that you're going to really affect this kind of issue going forward is by increasing the supply of nurses. Mm. Uh, because that will bring the equilibrium closer toward the middle. Um, you could you could do it by, you know, the, the arguments being made by the facilities is, well, nurse caps would do that. And we've talked about the fact that, uh, well, it would certainly allow them to line up their costs because they could say, I'm not going to be paying more than $90 an hour for a nurse in 2023. And so now I can build my budget and know what that's like. Mm -hmm. um, you probably are going to have a lot of room in that budget because you're not going to have a lot of nurses working for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you increase the supply of nurses, that would kind of level things out a little bit more. You know, I think some of the facilities in, in the country that have benefited from uh, various grants from the federal government under the CARES Act and some of the COVID relief funding um, you know, maybe that's led them to be a little bit more aggressive in their pricing behavior. So as that money starts to uh, fade mm -hmm. out and is not replaced, um, it's, it's like anything else in life, really. Um, people are going to become better consumers. And, and the hospitals and the long-term care facilities are going to, you know, try to shop around more. Uh, as things subside, the prices will come down more, uh, which will mean the bill rates will come down more. And so as that kind of levels out, I think people will start to recover and get back toward more normal footing when it comes to what's being charged mm -hmm. uh, and, and what they're being faced with. Now, long-term care facilities and nursing homes, I, you know, I do think are going to need some help from, from somebody, yeah. whether it's readjusted Medicaid reimbursement rates or something, because, um, you know, their sources of revenue are just really, really decrease. But again, you know, you can't, you can't put a limit on, you know, what your employees are going to earn because it's just going to drive them away. You know, one of the things that we've heard about from a lot of uh, facilities is, and I think you touched on this in the beginning, you get a, you get somebody that's working at a facility that's working next to a travel nurse and they start talking about something and they find out all of a sudden that the nurse they're working next to is making two, literally two times what they're making. Uh, mm -hmm. And so then their response is, oh my God, like maybe I'm mad, but what can I do to make that kind of money? And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden now they go to become a travel nurse uh, and now the hospital loses another employee or the, the long-term care facility. So yeah, easy for me to say in my world, but obviously the hospitals and long-term care facilities have to start paying nurses more uh, and better wages to begin with, um, because that's one of the things that's driving them. But I do think, you know, overall, you know, God willing, you know, this really starts to decrease 
and, and, and turns the page into something more manageable of a situation. And as that happens, it's like all of our systems have been thrown out of whack, kind of get back toward a regular equilibrium. And we see a pricing structure in the travel nurse and, and nurse healthcare industry where the nurses are making the wages that they deserve, uh, that they're making a good living, uh, that they're safe, that they're working in safe conditions and, and their lives are not in danger every day and that the facilities have access to the talent they need so they can take care of their patients the best way possible. I mean, yeah. I, you know, that's I think really what we all hope for moving forward as soon as possible. 100%, yeah, that sounds great to me. And with this, with these, uh, I guess, six states, it sounds like about six that are actually looking into the, um, the wage caps, what do you think is the likely outcome? How nervous or worried should healthcare workers be that this is going to happen, actually happen? Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're trying our, our best to make sure it doesn't happen. But, you know, the interesting thing is that we found um, that the best, the best advocates against a nurse rate cap system are nurses. Uh, and we've had a couple state hearings and, and there was a hearing in Kansas uh, at the beginning of the month where there was a bill that would impose rate caps. Um, and it's, you know, as wonderful and as, as great as an advocate as I think I am, um, there's nothing like a nurse getting up there and telling his or her story mm-hmm. and, and pushing back against these legislators and, and letting them know what they would be doing uh, to them and what they would be doing to their family and what they would be doing to the state's healthcare system if they pass that bill. So I would say to all nurses out there, per diem nurses, travel nurses, nurses that work full-time at hospitals and have never even thought of working for a temporary staffing company, it doesn't matter because it's gonna affect everybody. Uh, you need to get out there and you need to tell your legislators that you will not stand for a nurse rate cap. Because and, it's just, uh, it, it's not, it's not something that anybody should have to deal with. Certainly not nurses, and they'll just go somewhere else. And they'll, you know, if you're in Kansas, you know, you'll go up to Iowa or somewhere else and work. And if you're in Florida, you go to Georgia or wherever. There's lots of states for people to work in, uh, and that's where they'll go. So uh, yeah. nurses are really going to be the best. Uh, the best advocates for defeating these kind of proposals um, okay. because they're such a powerful group. And that's, that's them looking up on their, you know, state websites to see who to call and the best way for them to do it is actually pick up the phone and call or write emails. Is that the best suggestion? Yeah. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's funny because some of the state count, you know, Oregon, for instance, which has a, a rate cap proposal that's, that's being debated now, uh, you know, they're still doing everything virtually. So emailing uh, their legislature, uh, legislators in Oregon uh, and calling them directly is going to be the best. Um, okay. The same thing in Missouri. Missouri is considering legislation that would have, that has rate caps. Pennsylvania and Ohio, um, all of these states are putting forth these proposals that would cap what a nurse can make and reaching mm-hmm. out to your legislator and letting them know uh, that this isn't going to uh, this isn't going to stand uh, is the best way to make sure or to help ensure that they don't get enacted into law. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. And is there a, um, if the traveler travel professionals or nurses or anyone wants to follow along on how this thing is progressing, does, 
are you guys at ASA putting out publications? Is there somewhere you recommend they look or is it just unsure of how to follow along as this unfolds? You know, I'm trying to think because, you know, obviously every state legislature has their own website, but they can be kind of, you kind of have to know what you're looking for. Mm. Um, you know, I think we write some things and, and americanstaffing.net is our website. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully there's stuff out in the public um, public forum that people can look at. Um, you know, I would say you know, Google. Um, the, the one thing that's very interesting about this issue, and I think it's because it's such an emotional issue, is it's generated a ton of media. Mm -hmm. um, and it was and it was interesting because in the beginning, um, you know, all the media was was price gouging, price gouging, price gouging, uh, you know, nurse rate cast, nurse rate cast. In the past couple of weeks, we've seen the story start to shift more toward the nurse's point of view. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because nurses have become more active in some of these states. And it's led the editors to be like, oh, we should probably talk to them and get their side of the story. And mm -hmm. so, you know, now we have a whole slew of stories from the nurse's perspective, uh, which is hugely important. Uh, and so it's generated a lot of media buzz. So, you know, I think you'll be, you'll see stories on the news, you'll, you'll read stuff. Um, and then, you know, if you go on the ASA website, um, you know, my contact information is there. And if you call or shoot me an email and you have specific questions, I am more than happy to talk to you and, and share any information that I have with you um, because, you know, we're, we're really close to it. So uh, any, of the, any of your podcast listeners should feel free to reach out to me uh, and I'd be more than happy to uh, try to answer their questions and, and be a resource for them and help in any way I can. That is so generous. Well, thank you. Um, do you have any any last thing you feel like we didn't cover that you'd like to share? No, I, I think it was yeah. a great conversation. I mean, it's such an important topic. And, you know, again, I just, you know, I want to thank all the nurses, you know, really, it, it goes without saying, but it has to be said, nonetheless, that it really have been doing the most important work during these past two years. I mean, they've been doing the most important work forever, but now the pandemic is just put such a, a spotlight on on all the sacrifices that they've mm. made and and all the the things that they've had to go through and the families have had to go through um you know i've been very fortunate my family has been uh i you know our 16 year old daughter just got covid a couple of weeks ago and it was a very mild case thankfully and um you know but i know that there are so many families that have been affected by this that have really um seen you know their families help so much by these healthcare professionals that put their life on the line. So, you know, we just thank them all so much. And again, if there's anything that I can do, if you've got questions about how the bills are going or what you should be doing to help, uh, just shoot me an email or give me a call. And I'm more than happy to, to help in any way I can. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much for sharing your information, your time, Toby. And um, yeah, thanks to the, to, the nurses and definitely stay in touch with Toby if you guys are curious. And then at TravCon, we will keep posting on our own social medias as we learn stuff and new things unfold. But thank you, Toby, so thank much you, for your Appreciate time. It. Appreciate you All having right. me on. Absolutely. All right. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Travel Nursing and Allied Life. 
You can find the full show notes below or at trapcon.org. Please help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 